Welcome back, everyone, to the Highly Invested Podcast. I am here with my great pals, Richie and Dapper. We're covering Way of Kings chapters 22 to 24 today. Nice. As a reminder, I'm diving in to Way of Kings for the first time, and Dapper and Richie have read through the full series. So this podcast will be divided into spoiler sections and non-spoiler sections for listeners reading Cosmere novels for the first time. All right, guys. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy, Happy Sunday. Sunday. It's been a good yeah. weekend. Spoiler section and non-spoiler section. This We've been calling it the bus section and the non-bus yes, section. Yeah. <laughs> if you were able to <laughs> the ride the spoiler bus. spoiler bus. Yeah, spoiler bus, basically. That's good. And happy birthday to Dapper. Oh, thank you. Happy birthday, thank you. dude. 28. It was, it was yesterday, but we're still celebrating. Yeah. yeah, we went out, celebrated a little bit, uh, and uh, back back in the studio, a.k.a. Betsy's apartment. Words of wisdom for us in your 28th year or 29th year? No, I'm, I'm 28. 28. Uh, I, I think the only thing I can really say is that it feels the same. It feels the exact same as 27. Nothing has changed. I am right back where I want to be recording a podcast. Oh, that's nice. That is awesome. Well, in honor of your birthday, we're going to do the rapid fire birthday quiz. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) Are you ready, James, for the rapid fire birthday quiz? Yes, hit me. Okay. We're going to run through these quick and you can't pause. All right. If you were in the Cosmere universe, what would your calling be? Soldier. Uh, who's your favorite character that we've met so far? Dalinar. Who, what's your favorite kind of spren? Joy spren. What's your favorite or most interesting creature in the whole cosmere? We don't have to have met it. Chulls. Chulls. Interesting. Cool. Okay. I like chulls. You've passed the birthday quiz. <laughs> oh, phew. You don't want to know what happens oh if you God. fail. I'm, really, I'm like concerned now. It's very dark. <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, another uh, point of note uh, for just uh, casual catch-up, um, Jake, who does our intro and outro of music, is almost completed the entire Cosmere. Wow. Well yeah. done, Jake. Well done, well done. He's Kudos t- to you. It's like a teen Kremling about yeah. to be fully grown. A full-fledgling adult. Yeah, he is just about to finish Tress of the Emerald Sea. And then in a couple days... A new book is coming out, Brandon Sanderson's Secret Project 3, Yumi and the Nightmare Painter. Oh, shit. We're all very excited. It's going to set all of our Kremlings back one more book. That's true. So they won't be able to join that bus section for a while. But uh, me, Dapper, Jake, we're definitely going to read that. So that book is part of the Cosmere. It is, yeah. Is it like a side story, do you think? Or is it a continuation of the main story? Both? I think I think it's its own completed like story, just like Tress was. Yeah. It's a standalone novel that may have some references to the Cosmere and some implications. I'm sure it will. I yeah. mean, Tress had some implications. I won't say anything yeah. else. So, yeah. and, and to the Kremlin, Secret Project 1 uh, was Tress of the Emerald Sea. Secret Project 2 is not part of the Cosmere. Um, so we won't be discussing that on this podcast, but I'm sure it was an incredible book and I still will read it. And that one was called like the frugal wizards handbook to survive guide to wizardry guide to surviving to surviving London or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's about someone who gets like shot into London from like, uh, from another time. Basically, oh. from the future. I thought you were just going to leave it at, yeah, it's about a story of a guy got shot. It's just a guy, it's actually like a That's documentary. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like about a guy who got shot. It's a very yeah. weird turn for Brandon. 
No, I cannot wait for that book to come out. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. So yeah. You and the Nightmare Painter definitely. We'll definitely after we finish it, we'll do a bonus episode. Oh, that's another thing. We're gonna do a bonus episode with Jake uh, when he finishes uh, Tress to get his thoughts on you know all the Cosmere so far. You know his likes, his dislikes, his favorite books, theories, theories. You know it'll be fun. It'll be a nice bonus spoiler uh, episode. Yeah. So looking uh, forward to that. St- stick around for that, Kremlings. But uh, besides that, Betsy, should we uh, should yeah, we dive in? Yeah, let's jump in. Chapter twenty-two. You don't know the name of the chapter. <laughs> you don't know the name of the chapter, you guys Betsy. Know do what you? The chapter title is. Dude, every eyes, time. hands, or spheres. Chapter twenty-two: Eyes, hands, or spheres. Dalinar goes with his sons to the king's feast, and Adelin reports that according to the leather workers. Elikar's saddle strap was cut, though it could have been an accident. They discuss the king's paranoia, and Dalinar refuses to talk about his episode during the high storm, though he does think it could be good for the soldiers to see it. The king's wit is insulting people as they arrive to the feast and warns Dalinar that rumors have been spreading of his weakness. In addition, Lady Navani, Gavilar's widow, unexpectedly shows up to the feast, Dalinar is horrible at hiding that he's into her. King Elikar then announces that in light of the recent attempt on his life, he is appointing Sidaeus to High Prince of Information to investigate. This is a snub to Dalinar, who Elikar believes is not giving the investigation serious attention. Dalinar re- realizes that this is Sidaeus's way of outmaneuvering his High Prince of War idea. So a lot going on in this chapter, but yeah. when we first open up to this feast, it's such a cool image. And I wasn't even sure if I was picturing it right in my head, but it's like all these streams and little islands where they're having the feast and it's kind of delegated with different groups of people on each island. And I love picturing like as these um, kind of noblemen in their fancy clothes are entering and wit is just like kind of he's just destroying each and every one of every them. Person. He's yeah. sitting on his stool working on his tight five. Like, absolutely just So good. Oh, <laughs> so thank true. God that, you know, Brightness Natev's not here. Oh, Brightness Natev. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, he just holds nothing back, too. He really goes in. Yeah. Uh, did you notice that Dal- he didn't insult Dalinar, though, when I he did. walked in? He seems to never insult Dalinar. Maybe he has just too much respect for him. Mm-hmm. Dalinar seems like he's all business all the time. But he's the king's wit, right? He's not right. Dalinar's. Yeah. 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 So it, he could insult Dalinar if he wanted to. It feels like he has some kind of connection with Dalinar. Like maybe mm. it's respect or something, but he doesn't seem to go for him as hard. I don't know if it's respect. I mean, he does insult his sons in front of him a couple times. I feel like, you know, respectfully he wouldn't do that. I feel like it's more he doesn't want to know what he would do to him. Kind of a little bit. He was the Blackthorn. Everyone constantly talks about that. So they do uh, hold some reverence uh, for Dalinar, even though he's losing his mind. Yeah, slowly but surely. Yeah, to them. I feel like Wit is the only one remaining who would worry about Dalinar doing something to him. It seems like nobody takes Dalinar seriously anymore. It's really true. And he talks a lot about that right in this episode, in this chapter and in the last chapter, I think, of this group. It's just constant. Wow, no one trusts me anymore. Sad, 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 sad. 
Uh, I noticed that Dalinar uh, tries mentions that he's tried quote unquote women's food out of curiosity. Yeah, I made and a note of that. It's like so annoying. Women's food is supposed to be what sweet, and and uh, male food is spicy. And I'm just like, dude, that's just so dumb. Yeah, there's a couple of things here that bothered me. Like I heard the, that. I heard that. Stratified society. You can't get away. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'll just cut it out of the episode. Like, what? I am God. Woman's food and also that they can't, like, sit at the table with men. Yeah. That was silly. There's, like, some sort of tradition that, like, he can't be approached while he's eating either. And he keeps trying to eat. So that Navani doesn't come up to him. Yeah, well, I mean, you called it out exactly right. I think in the intro there, Betsy, he tries to hide that he's really into her, but it's it's very obvious. He's so intimidated by her. This is our first look at Navani. Mm-hmm. It's almost funny, like him nope. just shoving food in his face so that she won't come up to him. Yeah. And he keeps like averting his gaze and trying to like scurry away. But you can tell that she sees everything. <laughs> yeah, this is so this is Navani. This is the the king's mother this is yasna's mom um this is elicar's mom yeah this is elicar's mom this is yasna's mom and this is gavilar's wife gavilar's wife ex-wife or ex well (laughs) wife (laughs) no that works widowed widower gavilar's widower so i can see i can see why it's weird for him obviously for sure he clearly like feels something too oh my god yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah that's super obvious but you can tell he's trying to avoid it because it's just a weird situation. It's so weird, dude. Like, Yasna's his niece. Well, Alucard's his nephew. It's, it's odd. It's extremely odd. Fully agreed. It's giving me Hamlet vibes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe he's going to get with Navani, and Alucard's going to think that he killed his father oh, shit. to get with her. Benzie, you got to stop guessing Trauma. this stuff. You're <laughs> <laughs> so right. No, I'm kidding. Cut that out. Literally cut the, it out. Cut it out. The plot of Hamlet. <laughs> yeah. So Sedeus is high prince of information. Yeah, I was waiting for us to get to that. Yeah. Uh, how does how Elicar going, I, I think Dalinar even thinks this, he goes from saying that, you know, maybe you should make me high prince of war, and, and Elicar's like, no, you know, people are going to hate that. And then he just makes it for Sadius. He's like, yeah, you can be high prince of information. That's fine. And he's like, oh, but that way they'll get used to it. So when I do make you High Prince of War and doesn't realize how much power he just gave Sadius today is. Yeah, I feel like as close as Elkar seems to Dalinar, it really feels like Sadius is in his ear. Yeah. Kind of like that picture that you get of like the advisor that's like always in the ear of the king, like telling him to do things that really only benefit kind of like the evil advisor. That's what I'm thinking about here with Sadeus. Yeah, yeah. Alucard is finding it hard to trust Dalinar. And for some reason, Sadius is in good graces constantly because he's catering to Alucard's, you know, delusions. Yeah, meanwhile, Dalinar is like, we should leave. We should stop fighting. I'm going to go enjoy this vision now kind of thing. Well, does he enjoy them? Probably doesn't enjoy them. go suffer you know what I mean. these visions. You know what I mean. Yeah. Right. Like, Sadeus is so in line with all of kind of the standards of what it means to be a Lethe and go to war and what that looks like. And Dalinar just isn't lining up with the, those ideals anymore. Although he did uh, have a pretty badass line in this. I don't know exactly what page it's on, but I think it's when he's talking to Navani. And he brings up how he's changed tactics. Instead of leaving, he's going to win the war. 
Who said this? Dalinar said this. I'm oh, pretty okay. sure to Navani. She's like, yeah, I've heard that. You know, you're being a coward and want to leave. And he goes, yeah, so I've changed tactics. Now I'm just going to win the war. Nice. Like, it's pretty down. It's a pretty badass thing to say, I must say. One question that I had is they talk about how Adeline's calling is dueling. But I also feel like they said something like Dalinar and Adeline can't duel because of their title. Is that no, true? It's, it's because of the codes. So the codes that... Dalinar is forcing everyone to follow, including Adeline, is specific that during wartime, people can't duel, especially officers, because, you know, what if someone dies, then we're just out an officer for the war. Okay, got it. Yeah. But Adeline still does do some dueling. It's, it's just not, like, a lot. He even says he's won, like, four duels that are fake duels in this feast. <laughs> right. So it's just, and, and we've been at war for so long, uh, or quote unquote, so long it's been what, like five years or something. So if Dalinar's codes are no fighting or no dueling during this no time, no fighting, no <laughs> fighting. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, it's like no dueling because you could lose men who are, can help fight the war, basically. Makes sense. Also, we find out in this chapter that the Vedans have almost created shard plate. Yes. Yes. Half shards yeah. are called. Yeah, that was interesting, and they were they were able to like block uh, shard shard blades, right? That was really cool to yeah. find out. And I think a, a Vedan Shalon is a Vedan. Yes, yeah, from Yakaved. Shalon is a Vedan or Vedanar. No, Vedanar is the city, yeah. Where right? is Shalon? Shalon. Uh, We've got. I like, saw that note. <laughs> so many chapters. That was a different book, dude. Yeah, are we just Who? never gonna see them again? Is that just yeah, a that blip was it. in time? That was time? the whole story. You know, she she is it, just gonna be there. It has felt I liked really like. When's the last? Yeah, I liked it too. When? What part happened? one? She's not in part two. Yeah, I was gonna say what what happened last time with with Shalon? She got accepted as like the ward of yeah. And she's like, now I can steal the soulcaster. Yes, yeah, so it was like, and now on to the main plan or something yeah. like that. Yeah, we left that with so many unanswered questions. Yeah, but, but I mean, to be fair, during this time, all she's doing is reading. Like that's what. To, <laughs> I mean, that's not a spoiler. She that's what she agreed with Yasna to do is catch up on history and all of the things that are happening and help Yasna with her studies. So yes. that's just what I assume hopefully, she's doing. Hopefully, now. hopefully we, uh, we get back to that and see what's going on. Um, which we will. Cause yeah, it seems like we, we after that part one, we got introduced to Dalinar and, and Adolin and it's kind of been, it's kind of been their show with some Kaladin flashbacks sprinkled in here and there. Yeah, a little bit of Kaladin trying to be like camp dad and yeah. keep everybody yeah. happy. We're kind of centered on the war camps right now. It's also interesting when, um, like, Navani schedules some meeting with Dalinar, like, a, a week in advance. I'm curious what they're going to talk about then, but... Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we'll get to it. Yeah. We shall see. You guys have any other points for uh, this chapter? I did just have to bring up one last thing. They're talking about how, at this feast, all the, the men are, like, kind of doing some fake duels, and they're they're doing all the manly things, and then... The women are doing the womanly things like drawing and painting and all of that. And he makes a point to mention how all of their left hands are covered as safe hands. You know, very polite, very correct. What the hell do Alethi light-eyed women or even just Alethi women who are left-handed do? Dude, I, yeah, like, I don't know. They must exist, right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's a period of time 
in our culture where people like didn't allow people to be left-handed. It's very true. Yeah, like statistically speaking too, it um it's really funny because I think it was like illegal to be left-handed something or something. Like, that, like yeah. it's considered like some sort of like mental illness. Yeah. And then the spike of when it became like okay to be left-handed and the amount of people reporting to be left-handed which is drastically changed. Yeah. So they have to be left-handed people. Here. Uh, they exist. Actually, there, might, there has to be a wob about that too. There must be somewhere. Absolutely. I'll look it up. I, I'm yeah. too curious. You must have to have so much skill though because i was just thinking about it like drawing or playing a musical instrument like even if you're only using one hand you usually are using the other hand for like balance or like doing something like you have must have to have so much skill and strength to like be doing absolutely everything with one hand well alethi women are just renaissance people they can do it all yeah but they are forced to eat woman food. Okay, so I just looked it up and it said it is rough on, Brandon's own words say it, it is rough on lefties, but remember, most non-nobles just wear gloves on their left hand. True, true. So they can, only the only the noble women are the ones covering their left hand with like the, the sleeve that's like just zipped dumb. up. Yeah, but it's still very odd, very odd. But I think, honestly, I think intentionally odd. Fair enough. I mean, it's an intentionally odd religion, I guess, huh? Yeah. Men can't even read. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we've been... I mean, I don't know how this plays out in the rest of the books or the rest of this book, but I feel like we've been focusing a lot on the Alethes right now. So, I mean, I'm sure at some point we'll see how their ways are, like, kind of strange compared to other people's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so with that, let's let's move on to uh, chapter 23. Chapter 23, Many Uses We rejoin our favorite sad boy hero, Kaladin, as he and his motley crew of bridgemen go about stone-gathering duty, which is exactly how it sounds. While going about this, him, Teft, and Rock have a secret mission, gather as much of the knobweed reeds as possible. That way, Kaladin can make some antiseptic for his wounded men. After hiding the multitude of reeds under one of the carts, the three men in Sill go towards the chasm edge, near where Kaladin almost jumped himself. And slowly, the three work together in getting the sap, or milk, out of the reeds, pouring the droplets into tiny broken bottles. They talk while they work, slowly getting to know each other. We learn mostly about Rock, who is quite the history. As a chef-slash-servant to his cousin, he arrived in the Shattered Plains, so his cousin could challenge Sadius for the High Prince's shard plate, only to lose and to die, and have Sadius become Rock and the rest of his family's servants. Rock finds his way to the bridge cruise because he wanted to get some revenge through some interesting methods. To be fair, what would you do if your chef served you shell poop? The trio wraps up their discussion after Calden hints at his past, where he turned down the light eyes gifts. Yeah, so Rock put chal dung in, Sad- in Sadius's food. I love Rock. He's love such Rock. a good character. Dude, so I mean, they didn't say whether or not Sadius ate it, but I'm assuming he did eat it. I'm assuming it. he ate it, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Just everything about him, I love his character. Like, the fact that he can see Syl, and I feel like he kind of understands Kaladin's, or at least he's going going along with what Kaladin's goals are, but then his backstory is so interesting, too. It's just, I really like him. Yeah, we got a lot about his backstory here. I mean, he's a good chef, which obviously will come up again in the next few chapters, I think. And then 
on top of that, though, he, he just doesn't seem to have a care. Like, Kaladin asks, why did you do that? He's like, well, he killed my cousin. I was mad. <laughs> Pretty fair. I mean, yeah, I would, I would probably do that if someone hurt my cousin. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is interesting that he can see Syl. And, and Syl is hilarious, too, because she's like, I don't like this guy, Rock, because he's not getting any of my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I still I don't think Rock can hear her. I don't, I don't oh, know. Okay. So, so yeah. she's, so she's leading him to like the different places, but also led him to like Chaldung or something yeah. as a joke. And he just didn't get it because he, he, he re- reveres her and yeah. respects her as like a God or something. He's like, this must be some sign. Yeah. Yeah. He's stood there like <laughs> scratching his chin. There's staring some at like it. cute cell interactions in this chapter. Yeah. Like there's a moment where Kaladin was like, well, Syl, you are kind of odd. (laughs) Honestly, there's a lot of cute moments in this chapter because after Rock tells that story, the three of them just like laugh together. And it's like the first, I guess, in in current time with Kaladin, a a moment of happiness. I would agree. That's like the first probably moment that Kaladin felt joy. Yeah. Right. We're seeing a lot of these characters in their darkest moments. And this was a chance to see them kind of interacting with each other and laughing like i kind of chuckled when Kaladin's trying to make conversation with all the men he's like wow like that's a nice rock you found and they're kind of like shut up <laughs> go away <laughs> yeah they hate him for getting literally his duty also do you think that the bridgemen are selfish the rest of them like no. while they're like side-eyeing Kaladin and all that no dude i think they're just broken they're just they're yeah, they're, they're they're broken they're tired they don't they they hate that he's trying to be something in in a place where there's no hope. Yeah, I think this will come up in a later chapter, but I think it's hard for us to see because we know so much about Kaladin, but I can totally tell from their perspective, like they might just see him as somebody who wants to play leader or this is an excuse for him to like play soldier. Um, and I don't know if they totally see yet kind of what the benefit is to them yeah they're just expecting him to die on the next bridge run, run so they could just go back to laying down in a corner yep i mean to be fair he does make a point to say how it's only been a few days since he almost jumped i yeah. don't even think it's been a full week yet. yeah it's, it's crazy to believe because especially since we're jumping around so much it really does feel like it's been weeks it's crazy to think that's only been like a couple days probably been like five days six yeah. days well, I think we should go back and talk a little bit more about Rock because it was so interesting to like, learn about his people and then his journey to being part of Bridge Four. Right? Yeah. And like, so he's from a group of people called Horn Eaters. Is that like the slang name for them? Yes, or? they're called Horn Eaters because I think they mentioned this later in like literally the next chapter or two. Um, they, they eat horns, like from the chulls that they hunt and then they cook mm-hmm. they put the shells yeah didn't they the say that too they like they eat, eat like crumbling shells or something mm-hmm. so they're called horn eaters and he says and he says that their teeth are are sharper and harder and they can crack the shells uh more easily mm-hmm. which makes it why not do it then i get that i think you said this maybe the last time we recorded james about being an air sick lowlander and now we get yes kind of the answer to that which is that rock comes from really high in the mountains where the Mm -hmm. air is thinner. Um, And then he was also saying that like you serve your own family members Mm -hmm. or something like that. It's just a different, like different society, very different form of stratified society. Cause he's a, (laughs) he's a chef to his cousin, which is, you know, 
Not the worst. Yeah, thing and it's funny because he goes, he goes. Well, it's odd that you serve strangers. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. And it's point. like okay, I guess that makes sense too. Rock. Yeah. It's yeah, all about. The yeah, way they you got a weird sh- uh, structure there where I don't even know how to explain it, but I guess he just he serves his cousin, and the family members work for a specific other family member, and then when one goes to war, they all go to war. So they had a goal to come. Oh, and they don't have any shard plate or blade. They mentioned that. And seeing how incredibly valuable it is, they decided to come down and challenge Sadius to a fight and what? lost it all. Yeah. It's, it's just sad. That was a good kind of moment of seeing into sort of the system that the Alethi have in place to maintain control. Because I guess it does make sense, but I think when this method of getting um, like shard plate and stuff like that has been brought up before as like, winning a duel or something. I didn't really question it, but here Calden's talking about like, oh, that actually would never happen. Like they would trick you out of it somehow. Like there's no way that they would ever, even if you did win, that they'd ever give you anything. And that tradition is just like a tool that they use to keep, you know, people where they want them to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Keep the stratified society <laughs> good good this word is banned <laughs> from this podcast no it's a great Save word for the stratified uh podcast the stratified <laughs> podcast that's what <laughs> <laughs> we're just seeing so many kind of yeah and darker Cal- spots Kellen in this, does, yeah. also just clearly doesn't like light eyes too mm-hmm. so but i agree with him like i think he's probably right like there's no way that sedeus would be like yep you won right like Here's yeah. all my stuff. But it's tradition. <laughs> yeah, but Sadius is a, is a snake. That's true. At least from what we've seen so far. He's maybe maybe Dalinar would do it. Potentially. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's Sadius is literally the head of the Alethi CIA now. Like, <laughs> CIA? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Internal affairs, really. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he's probably not really trustworthy, I would say. Yeah. Never uh, trust the light eyes bringing gifts. And then Kaladin, Cal- yeah, that's what Kaladin says at the end of this chapter, right? He says he got put in here. He's being vague when he said he got put in here for refusing a gift. Yeah. Which, uh. I know, I can't imagine what that would be. Neither can I. Yeah, so do you guys have any other uh, points for this chapter? No, this was a really good, like, bonding moment I felt for Kaladin, which he needed this. From Rock, from Teft, from Sill. Like, it's now not just him. It became him and Sill. Now it's not just him and Sill. It's now him and then Rock, Teft, and Sill. Mm-hmm. You can see him growing and becoming more of who he was. He's got friends. He finally has friends. Good for yeah, him. and I feel like the other guys didn't even really realize they needed it either. Like, I think it was in this chapter when Calden was saying, well, you didn't even know each other's names mm-hmm. like before, let alone talk about your own history. And now they're opening up. Which is good. Makes me happy for Cal. Right. And I like Rock. I like him too. I like him too. Uh, so with that, we're gonna we're gonna jump into chapter twenty four. Chapter twenty four: The Gallery of Maps. So Dalinar is standing in the King's Gallery uh, of Maps room, and he's waiting for High Prince Royon. I want to say Rayon. 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 He's Rayon. <laughs> This is going to be a tough one for us. <laughs> <laughs> He's waiting for High Prince Royal, Royal uh to come and meet him. 
and you know he's set on following these visions to, to unite the high princes and he wants to start with uh this high prince so this is rayon has won like the fewest gem hearts delar thinks that he can try to convince him uh, to work together and be more effective, but Rayon is uh, suspicious of Dalinar, and he's thinking that he's going to be used in some sort of way to gain shard plates or shard plate for Dalinar himself. Uh, Dalinar says they could split gem hearts and even offers to give the first set of plate to Rayon himself, and even then Rayon is just like, I still don't trust you, because now it sounds too good to be true. Um, and Rayon leaves uh, with a snide remark about uh, high storms coming. Another hint that everyone knows about Dalinar's visions and the things that he's going or going through, or his presumed visions. Uh, he leaves, and then Alan comes in and really lays it into his father about how these visions are going to be the death of them all, and how we still should not trust Sadius. He says that the stake of the future of their house are on these hallucinations that Dalinar is having. And he shouts at Dalinar and he says these, vision, these visions are just a figment of his imagination. Uh, Dalinar seems pretty resolved here and he just tells Adeline to leave. So it's, it's, it's a pretty slow chapter, I would say. It's really just Dalinar, you know, politicking a little bit more, thinking that his visions are about uniting them could maybe mean unite the high princes for for what's to come and you got adeline on the other side just telling him don't trust your visions you're going insane and a part of dalinar kind of believes adeline too yeah i think that's an important note to make at this point dalinar is starting to really question himself as well I think that's why we get, you know, the visions or sorry, the version of Dalinar here who is a little bit more resolved to what Adeline's saying. He doesn't obviously want to yell at his son, but I mean his son like really insulted him in a public place, yelling at him, like probably deserved a rebuke and he just said leave. Yeah, so is the gallery of maps like actually where is that? Is that cuz I thought it was like in a root in a room and they were by themselves, but with the, you saying you're saying this is like a public place. Well, public in air quotes like it's like, like a museum or something yeah but but probably only for like high princes and gotcha. their retinues because i think it is in the palace it's but there might be palace. some people around and we know that word travels fast here yeah rumor mill is flying yeah yeah so this is definitely a scene adeline uh, yelling at dalinar about this no doubt and obviously i don't agree with adeline but i kind of get where his frustration's coming from because even if Dalinar's visions are real I feel like Adeline's also saying like you would have to get every single person to go along with you and everything that Dalinar's proposing is so against what all of the other high princes would ever consider that they're just like putting themselves under fire and if they don't kind of like uphold these standards, right? Like Adeline just doesn't understand. Yeah, this was a very tense scene too. Like they're like they're locking eyes and they're just refusing to look away. You can you can feel the silence as Adeline like cuts deeper and deeper into Dalinar. Something that and he even says, "You think I haven't thought about any of this that you're that you're um, you're saying to me?" Um, so it's just it's just rough, especially as readers seeing those visions for the first time mm. recently. It just makes you feel bad for Dalinar. You're like, oh, that's why he's like this. How does he not think it's real? He's yeah. like literally there. Yeah, he's he's so it, it's so 
vivid that it's almost impossible for you to think that that's not real or at least something isn't important about this fully agreed and then in addition just kind of going back to the beginning of the chapter like how are we saying his name royan royan <laughs> we're saying it Royan. how our hearts say like, it even, however you want to say it even too. even though they say he's kind of the lowest on the totem pole when it comes to high princes he's still so rude to dalinar I like know, right? everybody Dude. is so rude to him like i don't understand i mean almost going back to adeline's point a little bit like how dalinar puts up with it like he's so measured no with everybody. It's, it's, it's such a good point dude like i feel like we have chapter and chapter of Elokar roasting Dalinar. Navani even saying, like, ease up a little bit, dude. Like, take it easy. Don't you think our king kind of sucks or something like yeah, that? Yeah, she literally was like, yeah, my son sucks. Yeah, <laughs> and he can't even admit that either. He is wound up. He is, like, he's he's so dense and and thick you know he just he needs to he needs to release himself somehow but i also like speaking of being <laughs> I'm sorry. dense and thick what hey, let's let's rephrase that he's i'm just saying he's a he's clearly a ball of emotion but yeah he needs to yeah he needs to let it all out but i do feel like in this chapter dalinar is proposing smart ideas but the other high prince, like they're just so focused on the gem hearts. Like right. Dalinar is coming up with some like different tactics. He wants to talk to him about it, figure out how they can work together. And he's just like, well, how would we split the gem hearts? Like how would it work with the gem hearts? It's like, all a game. They're so focused on just what the reward is for themselves. To fight, to kill, to win. A quote from the Sun Maker, the first king of Alethkar, the first person who united all the high princes before Gavilar. It's... A quote from him. So yeah, this is just who they are. Yeah, they and just need yeah, to and Dalinar is literally focusing on something bigger than all of them, but also being told by all of them that he's going crazy. Well, maybe they're all crazy for just constantly doing this. It's it's incredibly frustrating, and I can see why this is like. And then, and on top of that, his family members and the and the Navani are all just telling him that he's not the same person. That one, he needs to relax. One, he needs to go back to fighting. They're all telling him how he should be, right? It's kind of similar to everyone pulling Kaladin in different directions, right? Everyone's saying, Dalinar, go back to how you were before. Yeah, we want the black You're wrong. You're literally wrong. And his visions are like, dude, this is important. Focus on this right now instead. Uh, Let's not forget that Adeline has a new flame. I uh, can't like keep up. Milan, He's such a ladies Milan man. Nasha, I honestly don't remember the girl's name. Um, neither does Dalinar. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, keep keep note of Adeline's uh, flames. <laughs> let's let's do an Adeline flame tracker. Yeah, well, like. <laughs> oh yeah, there was Adeline one flame counter. To that point, I remember in one of our earlier episodes we recorded, someone asked if they keep a like running tally of all the gem hearts that have been won, and they mentioned in this chapter that there was a list on the wall. Yeah like listing everyone who's won the gem heart. So I just thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And Rowan has the least amount, I think. He sounds like a bit of a weak dud, to be honest. Who, Rowan? Rayon. Rayon. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded very French. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say that that's probably the reason why he wouldn't want to work with Dalinar is he'd be scared that he was just trying to take over his land. Mm-hmm. But it, I, it, to my, in my perspective, I was like, at least then it looks like Dalinar is trying to be like doing something yeah, like like to the other high princes than the way that they're viewing him now. So do you guys have any other points for this chapter? I think that covers it for me. 
Okay. Damn. All right. Well, we will be heading into the spoiler section, my fellow Kremlings. I can uh, see the bus pulling up in the horizon. Um, I'm getting on my bike behind the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting ready to pedal so fast. Right, our <laughs> conversations are going to be centered around uh, these specific chapters, but this is going to be in the context of all Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere. So, Stormlight, Mistborn, Warbreaker, Elantris, White Sand, Arcanum Unbounded, and the Secret Projects. It's Tress of the Emerald Sea, and soon to be Yumi and the Nightmare Painter. We'll let you know when that will join the spoiler section because we haven't read that yet. So if you're caught up, stick around. Uh, but if you'd like to contact us, our email address is highlyinvestedpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Kremlings. See you on the other side. Beep, beep. All right, we are back in the spoiler section. We are on the bus. We are on the bus. Me and Dappy. Uh, that was uh, a very. It was a very slow chapter. Three chapters there. Would right? agree. Would you agree? A lot of world building. I feel like with the maps and them talking about the high princes and how they're different and you know just more down. Are you going crazy? No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Kind of fighting. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I didn't really pick up on how often like people are just coming up to him and just telling him because I think later in, in a couple other chapters, Renarin does the same. It's just it's it's everyone constantly coming up to him and making him doubt what's going on here. Right. Absolutely. Just over and over and over again. It's literally everyone except yeah. for Wit and Elokark. But I think Elokark just can't really say it out loud. But he told everyone that Dalinar, you know, told him to leave. <laughs> and it's yeah. not the best. So, so before we even jump into uh, chapter 22, we should probably talk about the epigraph, mm-hmm. right? Uh, this is a, still the continuation of the letter from Hoyd to Frost. Um, and he's once again just asking Frost for help against Rays, who we know is Odium. Uh, and this time he says, in case you have turned a blind eye to the disaster Know that Aeona and Sky are both dead, and that which they held has been splintered, presumably to prevent anyone from rising up to challenge Rays. We know Aeona and Sky, right, to be the shards of devotion and dominion. Mm-hmm. So oh, the, so on the on, uh, Sorry, on on Cell. on Cell, the planet Cell, where the book Elantris takes place. Yes, yes. So Hoyt is basically, you know, asking Frost for help, saying that. These two shards of Adonlasium, Aeona and Sky, Devotion and Dominion, have been splintered, killed by Odium. And that basically is the, I guess, prelude sentence to all of Elantris, right? Mm-hmm. That explains why the book Elantris is the way it is, why, why the Elantrians... Well, that didn't explain why the Elantrians didn't have their abilities in the beginning. That was more just because... Was that, was that the same... So was Odium killing those two killing quote unquote those two shards the same reason why there was a fissure in the land structure i would imagine so yeah. or is it a separate event I, that I, caused it i feel like they're probably connected i mean he literally killed the two shards of right the gods but of did that, that lead to like the, the giant line that formed in the in the in the actual like city which is why or i the, honestly or the don't know land because the the actual book of Elantris, I think, takes place well after that happened. Okay, so it's probably not the case then. Yeah, because if we think about it, he killed them 
thousands and thousands and thousands so, of so years So basically ago. the plot of Alandris is that an earthquake happened? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty know? much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that really it? Like, like a giant like chasm just sh- like shoots and causes a rift in the land and, they, and they're just drawing their... They're drawing their uh, what are they called? Their glyphs? Yeah, they're the, what are they called? They're the uh, well, it's the aeons, right? The aeons, yeah. They're drawing their aeons uh, incorrectly. I think so. I mean, I really, really need to reread that book. It's been yeah. a while since I reread it. I will say um, that I know that's one of the reasons they're so powerful is because they got splintered in the cognitive right. realm and Dominion or 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 devotion. I don't know who. It, I think it's Dominion's. Investiture is all in the cognitive realm, mm-hmm. which means that the Elantrians can just pull whatever they want based on a f- specific formula, and that mm-hmm. formula being the correct like Aeon. Mm-hmm. I gotta hope it's called Aeons. Um, I think it yeah. is. Uh, but exactly, that's why they're so they can do anything they powerful. want. They can do anything <laughs> they want. That's yeah. why Wit wanted to be, and, th- and that's Elantrian probably why so Odium. Badly. Odium Took care of them. Mm-hmm. They had well, an incredible ability. It would make sense because Dominion Devotion, if I remember correctly from the lore or what I read, were, were like very close and together, like the two powers of those gods probably could. We see Devotion in the um, in the aeons that follow Serane around. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Aeon, the, like I the Aeon Ash. Serene. Or Serene. <laughs> Serene. Yeah, Serene. Like Serene. Serene. Yeah, it's like the Aeon Ash, I think, is uh, fueled by devotion. Devotion. Devotion yeah. investiture. That would make sense. And then Dominions are what the uh, the drawing actually power is. Right. That would make sense. Does it make sense? Because Dominion, you think Dominion, you think land, I yeah, guess. Yeah, for sure. You think planet. So that's how I've been like identifying it in my head, but we definitely need to re- revisit yeah, I, I Elantris. Elantris. It's been yeah. years. Well, luckily we got a whole podcast to do that. That's a great but point. Who knows when we're going to get to Elantris? Oh God. When the fuck are we going to get to Elantris, dude? I have no idea. <laughs> and then in the secret projects alone too. Mm. Also, we still need to talk about if we're going to do all of Stormlight or do we stop and then do Warbreaker? Cause then by the time Betsy gets to Oathbringer, um, book five will be out. Book five will be out, but also she'll, she'll be introduced to a lot of things that just won't make sense. Um, like Sword Nimi. Yeah, but to be fair, it is just as interesting to read it and For then sure. like go get a prologue basically. To yeah, yeah, that you know. that's true. Yeah, we definitely should. We probably should just go through the whole thing. I think so. I mean, can't honestly, stop and start Mistborn. Yeah, or we can't. No. Just so oh, that would make no sense. Static art. Yeah, like, yeah. Just so that you have one connection. No, that'll be even cooler when we get to like that after yeah. we like kind of Betsy like figures it out, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and uh, we've obviously taken extensive notes and get a whole po- uh, book club podcast to discuss it. So it'll be nice to revisit those things. Fully agree. When we, when we go read those books, I'm pumped for it. But if we get back to, you know, this chapter with the feast and the politicking, you know, we got Navani who first, first look at Navani radiant individual part of the bondsmith Ooh. at the end of the uh, colon of of war. racking up more bonds who's going to be the last bondsmith who's going to bond the night watcher that's what I want to know is it the night watcher the last friend mm-hmm. that can be bonded I believe Do we know so. that for the, a fact because they're all children of the shards is that why yeah like 99% sure like Stormfather's honor and then the sibling is a mix of honor and cultivation and then night watcher's cultivation why can't someone bond and unmade. Holy shit! I've, they probably could. <laughs> that'd be no. That'd, that'd be probably crazy. with Sia not. That'd be crazy. Well, I mean, the well, they thrill, can't be. They wouldn't be a bondsmith then, because I no. feel like the bondsmith is only honors children, right? Well, no, because the sibling and the night watcher. The night watcher is purely cultivation. 
Right. That sprint is purely cultivation for sure. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Before we, all right, before we dive into chapter 22, yeah, <laughs> I got one more thing to say. Okay, okay, it has okay, nothing okay. to do with the, any of this. Okay. Okay. Hit me. I just remember in words of radiance, uh, Shallon, uh, brings out her sword, right? Yeah. Gives it to Kaladin. Yeah. He doesn't hear screaming, mm-hmm. but we know that that sword is a dead eye. Yes. Why isn't he screaming then? I feel like Syl gets really upset like really mad at him when he does that. But right. I don't know. Cause we know that that's not pattern. Yes. That's not pattern. That is Testament. That so, okay. sword is Testament. Okay. And we know that Shallon has killed Testament mm-hmm. a long, long time ago. Long time ago. Okay. Interesting. So I just, I, I don't know why I randomly thought about that. It might be because we, when we were out last night talking about it with Joe, I think uh, we brought up words of radiance and he brought up that, the sword. That makes sense. I, yeah. Maybe it's because that uh, that dead eye is from someone who's alive, because mm-hmm. the bond is still kind of there. I honestly have no idea. But then here's another question. You know, we gotta we gotta we gotta have to really we should write these down because we need to look this up later. When they go to when they go to Shadesmere or Shadesmar, we don't see Shallon's dead eye. We don't see Testament there, but we know that she has Testament. Yeah, I mean, why can't we see Testament? Testament in, maybe followed in, like from Shazen. far. I don't know. We gotta look that up because mm. we can see Maya. There's certainly see, a wob somewhere. Yeah, because we saw Maya, we saw Adeline's uh, shard blade, but it, it's interesting. With it is interesting. I honestly don't know. Does it take ten heartbeats for Shalin to summon Testament? Yeah. Interesting. So it's not immediate. So they're not bonded, which is. Yeah, let's, uh, we're bringing up a can of worms here, but we'll, 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 we'll address these. We'll address these later. Let's, all right, let's jump into the chapter. Yes, I mean, chickens. I wonder if it was a chicken. chicken. Yeah. I, I, oh, my God, when I you saw said that, that too. and I was like, oh, cool, they have chicken. Wait. Because <laughs> you never know what, it, what a I chicken really is I really wonder here. what that chicken was, exactly. Yeah, also, I, I got here that Dalinar has visited the Pure Lakes. They, we, mm. were, we were wondering about that, but yeah. he mentions that he has visited it. Um. So that was cool to know that he's a little bit traveled, but probably as the Blackthorn, so definitely didn't take anything in. Yeah. I wonder, you know, if the more we hear with like Dalinar and Elicar and Sadius, like Elicar is such an idiot. God, he's such a he's moron. Like, he literally gives Sadius probably the now, he's probably now the second most powerful high prince behind the king. Maybe yeah. behind Dalinar. But we know, we also know that Sadius is not going to plant something no, yeah. on Dalinar's camp. He's, he's thoroughly going to do his investigation, but really finds that there's nothing that Dalinar did to sabotage the king. Well, because well, the once king again, did he it tr- himself. Right. And then once again, but Sadius also tr- trusts Dalinar. Yeah. He knows so that he would does. never hurt Elikar. He yeah. knows that. Oh, oh, another point, uh, actually, because this is something else we talked about before, because we were talking about why the Parshendi were considered primitive by the Alethi. Um, I don't think we brought it up on the podcast, but it's because uh, the Parsheni that the Alethi are fighting are descendants of people who ran away before the, what is it called? The um, desolations. Yeah. Before the last desolation. Right. So there's a split, right? The people who stayed behind, those Parsheni, they stayed behind and they fought and they got sealed away and became Parshmen. The Parsheni who ran away and decided that they didn't want to take part in any of this fighting, they they took on dull form right not slave form which is what a parchment is they took on dull form which is kind of like prim became becoming primitive mm-hmm. and they just went off into the shattered plains right away from all the fighting and 
through these books, we learn that they slowly are going to be learning their forms again. Mm -hmm. they, and by the time we get to see some of their chapters, they've got about five forms that they've relearned, mm -hmm. right? So there's two, there's a split between these, the Parshman and these Parshendi who we call the listeners. The listeners and right. the singers. Is exactly. The, is the difference. Yeah. We can do more dives into the difference between listeners and singers, but that's, that's my initial, that's how I at least process yeah, the I, difference I, between them. I think that makes pretty much perfect sense. Yeah. Um, and, so, and yeah, it's like they put themselves back into the stone age by yeah. going into dull form. Exactly. The listeners yeah. decided they didn't want to be a part of this. They didn't want to fight for odium or whatever. And they decided to put themselves in a dull form, disappear. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is but, also why they killed Gavilar. Which is why they killed Gavilar. told them, I'm going to bring back I'm your bringing gods. him back. Exactly. Whereas the Parshmen who are like in slave form and kind of just like. I thought that was dull form. I, I, I is it? I thought it was dull form. They're okay. just always stuck in doll form. Really? Mm -hmm. Because slave form seems like the. Yeah, I don't remember maybe. slave form. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> let's look. Let's look it up. We have to look it up. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, no, there is a slave form. Okay, so. Okay, yeah. So doll form and slave form are different. Slave form is the lack of a form. And doll form is similar, but I think you have a little. You have. A little bit more intelligence. Yeah, dull form. It says that like a bit more. You're taller, probably a little bit stronger. Gotcha, gotcha. Slave form is probably the step right below dull form. Right, and the other thing is that slave form is not really a choice, right? Slave form is the what happens when they sealed away one of their great spren. Yeah, exactly. Good old bam. Okay, so. Let's jump back into yeah, these right. chapters. Sorry, everyone. Sorry, Crumbling. <laughs> well, okay, this, is the, this is the spoiler section. We got to catch up on some stuff. All right. So let's, ju let's jump back in. Uh, what else you got for uh, chapter 22? Uh, just uh, the, the only thing is I found it interesting how I think it was Dalinar or maybe Navani made a point to talk about the pointless land battles that are still fought in Alethkar, which is where Helleran, you know, the Skybreaker, tried to kill Son of Honor, Amram, and Kaladin was, and was made a slave and all that. Yeah, yeah it's so pointless it's not, not them, as pointless. Not but, us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pointless, the battle, but a catalyst for all of the Wave Kings. For literally everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for literally everything. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, I found that I found that a little funny. But other than uh, that, also no, very no, subtle no. on a why why wit won't insult Dalinar. Yeah. Yeah, do I mean we don't really, don't know, really know why, but I think it's I think it is actually because he massively respects Dalinar. <laughs> yeah, and Wit, Wit is Cosmere weird and has great respect for 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 people. I think that he definitely sees something in Dalinar. He probably hates Alethi just because of how they are, mm. and and enjoys roasting them because they're kind of backwards and yep. they're 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 the little primitive themselves. So he probably sees the change in Dalinar as a positive. He probably does. I mean, he knows everything. He knows that he has eliminated his wife from his brain. He knows that the radiance... Wit knows are, this? Yeah, of course. How do you know that Wit knows this? Because he probably talked to Cultivation. <laughs> That's such a good point. Yeah. Wit is over Wit here hanging out, but he knows about shards. Mm -hmm. He knows all about Spren. He, he knows about Bonnie. He kill Adonasium. So does he know the history of the Heralds as well? Like Almost the truth? Yeah. What the fuck is he doing here? He's just chilling. <laughs> He's just hanging out. Well, his goal here is to make sure that Odium never leaves Roshar. Right. He doesn't care if he has to sacrifice this planet to save the Cosmere. So he's here just to stop Odium. That is it. Think yeah. about the contract that he makes Odium I guess sign. that would make sense then why he kind of respects Dalinar. Because mm -hmm. he sees some potential in him. 
that maybe he might know that the Stormfather is contacting him. We he don't know. We don't know what Wit, what what Wit sees, but he definitely knows something, and we know that he his goal is to c- collect all of the investiture from the planets that he's he's uh, visiting. Yeah, he wants he to is, become the most powerful mortal. But is he immortal? No, I guess he has enough. He wants to become be powerful. Immortal. He wants to become powerful for yeah. sure. Wonder if he's the big bad. That would be amazing. I love a complicated big bad, so I would be. I would welcome that. That'd be wild. I'd welcome that a lot. But I'd be sad. <laughs> I don't want him to die. All right, so uh, let's let's move on to chapter twenty three. Mm-hmm. So chapter twenty three. What's the name of chapter? Many uses. many uses. Okay, so this one is just Kaladin, you know, collecting uh, the knobweed uh, reeds. Uh, so once again, very happy that Kaladin kept his word to Gaz. Um, as you can see, the, their bond is becoming stronger. Even, yeah, you can tell whenever he points out that she's becoming like smarter. It's, it's because, because their bond is tightening, because, and become it's because he's becoming more honorable, or mm-hmm. just sticking to honor in general. Yeah, he's like holding to his oath. Right. One thing I have here is uh, it was interesting of note is Kaladin saying, "If I fail to save the Bridgman, that wretch." Uh, will take control again. Yeah. And we know, and he even says this time he'll get his way. It's almost kind of subtly saying odium Yeah, in that way, right? That's a good way to put it. If he fails to save the Bridgman, he will fall into despair, and he will fail to save Bridgman throughout Mm -hmm. this book series. Over and over and over 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 again. again. So we know uh, also that this is the start of the idea of uh, the stews, rock Mm, stews. Yes, yes. Coming, uh, coming in, and starting a little family with the uh, with the bridge crew. Oh, that's very sweet. I, I literally wrote young Kaladin, young Teft, young Rock. It's just it's so pure. Mm-hmm. I know that they're obviously going through hell every time they have to go on a bridge run, but you know, it's just it's wholesome as fuck. It is like, wholesome. <laughs> it is wholesome. It's nice. It's nice to see these humble beginnings to these uh, well-known and awesome characters. You know, mm-hmm. fully agree. And I totally forgot that's why Rock was here because he fed Sadius poop. <laughs> I forgot that's what he was here for too. Rock has such an interesting backstory. We haven't really dived into them yet, even in the books. But wow, I know that is hilarious. It's so funny. I, I forgot that's what he was here for. I totally. I, re- I reread that. I was like, oh my god, I totally forgot. About it's funny. That. Like, it's funny to just see them all laughing and hanging out about I that know. too. Not a lot well, of spoilers here, though. No, honestly. not a lot of spoilers. I mean, I have some questions around like Rock's inherent skill set of like being able to see sill is it mm-hmm. because he's from near a perpendicularity probably born and raised in it maybe traveled yeah. back and forth through it he's as probably a kid. been in jadesmar for sure for That's sure why it'd be so cool to see like maybe they have like a ceremony or something when they become of age where they get to go into jadesmar or something that'd be very cool i'd be i'd be here we for know that. people worship great spreads all the time oh yeah being that close to perpendicularity i i could see them moving in and out of it yeah, that'd be really cool. That would be very cool. But no, the last thing I really wanted to bring up here is, you know, we get a lot of foreshadowing for Kaladin's, you know, trauma. There's no other way to put it. And Amaram's the worst. And Amaram can kick rocks. Dude. Absolutely. Not rock. Rocks. <laughs> rocks. Yeah. How dare you kick rock? <laughs> yeah, don't kick rock. Um, uh, so, so that brings us to 23. I mean, 24. Chapter 24. 24 is the gallery map room or something like that. I think it's the gallery of maps. Gallery of Maps. Uh, not not a lot out here either. Um, one quote I thought was fun was um, that he was staring at the map down on the plains as if a god far above. Obviously, a little bit of foreshadowing to the Stormfather. 
and being able to like soar above all the land. Mm-hmm. There's an order there, Dalinar. There really is. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I have here is that it's just, it's hard to see Adeline not believing his father this much. I know. Especially the same thing I was saying in the spoiler, in the non-spoiler section as well. Like it, we know Adeline comes, comes around mm-hmm. eventually, but it like in the reread, it's like, let's get to it already. Let's yep. fucking, let's, let's go. And it's kind of annoying that it's like, Oh, a low car is doubting him. Adeline's doubting him. Renarin's going to doubt him. Like, let's, let's, let's move it forward a little bit. Everyone ends up, people doubt him all the way up to like the end of rhythm of war. I swear to God. Yeah. Like he's, when he's trying That's to get true. the coalition of kingdoms and they're like, you're just trying to become like high king of the world. You're, That's true. That's you're true. screwing us all. He takes a step back in book two. Um, but then in Oathbringer again, it's the same thing. It's like, but I guess what's better about Oathbringer is that we get to see the past mm-hmm. and why they're, they're calling him that. Oh man, his past. Here, it's all just like slight hints. You know, so, so to us, it's just like Dalinar is a righteous dude. Mm. You know? Uh, <laughs> to, but, to us, mm, no, yeah, to true, the current, to Way of Kings reading for the first time. You're like, wow, Dalinar is really chill. Yeah. yeah. He's in a, he's Ned Stark here. Yeah, very and that, true. And that's really Cultivation's gift, yeah. right? Is yeah. that he gets to be this, this recreated version of himself because she's kind of like holding his memories. Mm-hmm. And she'll, he'll start getting them back. Purposefully. Purposely. In yeah. order to make him prepared for when for Odium, Odium tries to steal him as his champion. That is amazing. Cultivation, man. She's the big bad. I promise you. That's my theory. I'm yeah, fully behind if, it. If Cultivation doesn't take Dalinar's memories there, he gives in to Odium. 100% of the time. Like, 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 like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like immediately. So but Because he's slowly remembered everything and come to terms with it. Right. When Odium gives him it all back. And slow, by slowly remembering it and becoming the man he was after forgetting it, yeah. he gets to keep those memories too. Mm-hmm. So it is a second chance, if anything. And it's, it's basically a, se- it's a second life and then the merging of the two lives. Yeah. So brilliant on Cultivation's part, but who knows what it's for. She's grooming him, man. <laughs> She's grooming him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but do you have any other points for uh, chapter 24? Just a little bit more foreshadowing of the tower, you know, the big climax of this book where Kaladin saves Dalinar and his family. But mm-hmm. other than that, no. Okay. All right. So it's a, it's a simple, simple three epi- three chapter episode here, uh, and we'll leave, we'll leave it there. This is going to be a wrap. Uh, next time, though, we will be covering uh, chapters 25, 26, 27, I know one of them is going to be a lot of fun. I mm. think it's a Dalinar fight scene. Yeah. Maybe yeah. chapter 28 as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's only four chapters There's left. only four chapters left of the, the parts. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, once again, if you wanted to contact us, uh, highlyinvestedpodcast at gmail.com. This is where the bus gets off. I think this is the last stop. Yeah. Thank you for riding. Thank you for riding. Uh, stay highly invested. Until next time, Kremlings. Mm-hmm.